You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines begins right now. 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV, great to be with you. Look at our setup, boys. Yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. You feel like it's olden days? Yeah, like, you're out in the other you're yeah, on the other side. Man. Look at us. Look at us. Everybody comfortable? You sound good? Feel good? I think it's gonna open up some things because back in the day when you were on the other side of the window, mm-hmm. back at the old station. Right. When things would get testy, like we knew we could kind of push the envelope because there's no chance. Yeah, what like, are you gonna do? You're yeah. gonna come through this yeah, window? Yeah, no. I'm in the middle of like conducting a show. Right. So, so now Man, we can let it fly. Yeah, man, I, There's no I chance. can't wait. I can't can, wait to tell them what I really think about it. We can lock that door. Well, I can turn your mics off. So <laughs> that's, <a> tr- <laughs> that's a good that's, point. That's a give and take. Yeah, that's, that's the end of all that. Uh, well, welcome in, everybody. Thanks, as always. And, of course, this brought to you by Register, Registers. I can say it. I have for years. Sausage. Uh, good sausage. Great sausage. Yay, sausage is the best way to do that. And, um, yeah, I actually uh, bought some at Publix over the weekend. Nice. Good work. For well, the kids. For the kids. Nice. Yeah, yeah. What kind? I'm going to dabble a little bit more these days. Guys. Oh, good. You're uh, back into your sausage tasting <laughs> phase. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> good, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, I got the hot. Like, what, what was the, the hottest one they had? Yeah, they've got the, yeah, yeah, the, the hot sausage. Yeah, yeah. Hot, it's awesome. Yeah, it's okay. delicious. I got the hot one. So it's, it's too much for Corey. He, he I'm can't not, be. Yeah, my stomach can't handle that. I go with the, just the regular or the jalapeno cheddar. Which is awesome. It's great. Kim, it's the best there is. Kim's compl- and do we. Kim has complained that that's a little too spicy. Oh, but, that's you know, Kim. That's, you know, look. Come on, Kim. Get it together. <laughs> We've got to be tougher <laughs> in this house. That's yeah. not how the show fells roll. That's not what we do. What but, are we uh, doing? Registermeats.com is a website. You can have it ordered. If you don't live in this area, in the southeast, it's really taking over the entire southeast. It will take over the rest of the country. But until then... Registermeats.com is a website, and they will have it shipped to you, and it'll be delicious. You know how I think that Ben and, and of course, the three of us will feel as if we've really made it, maybe even consider retirement, uh, is when Texas takes hold. Mm. When we get Texas, yeah. guys, yeah. forget about it. Because you know those are some sausage-eating Jesse's That's all out they there do out Texas. there. They shoot people, and they eat <laughs> right, sausage. That's, that's like their that's thing. That's a Texas thing, yeah. And they talk yeah. a lot about not being part of the United States. That's their thing. Like, that. But if you get them, you're all right. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be uncomfortable for Jimbo <laughs> when he comes off the ranch, yeah. and he walks into the grocery store and sees the registers on the shelf, and knows because he, he knows. He knows. He, he well, listens to the show At that point, we'll, we'll be on the front of it. Yeah. Silent. Yeah, Hold we'll up be. sausages. Wouldn't that be great? Hey, Ben, let's get to it. We've buddy. got the some three, ideas, the Ben. The three of us just holding sausages. 
Boy, what a, what a start to the show. You're welcome, Ben. Oh, man. All right, well, it's good to be back in studio with you guys, and it's good to be back under the old format where I'm in here directing as part of the show as well, and you guys are on that side so we can all yell at each other and do our thing and have a good time. Agreed. Agreed. That's- and people get to see us. We're, we're, we're not, you're not at the, uh, the other... What was that like a bird's eye view of us? Right. You get us, you get us right in your grill, which is good for everyone. I'm the seeing, ratings are going to per- go crazy, particularly for you, because now you don't have to like bend your neck to look at the camera. Right now, it's just, it's right, just right here. There. Hey, everyone, what's up? <laughs> yeah, people are liking the new setup. I see that people good. are yelling, yelling, uh, and celebrating. Good. Uh, I, I picture like pandemonium. There are people in their homes cheering with their families. Let's go! I can says, see Corey's face. Look at these yeah. guys. Look at them. In all their glory. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So we uh we yesterday Ira and I participated. Corey, you you did not. You were driving. Correct. Uh, which is, I mean, if if somebody says, guess what Corey's doing today? I it's can either say, sleeping driving, or driving, yeah. sleeping, watching Netflix at two a.m. Right. <laughs> One of those three things. Yeah. Rubbing Some, his tummy. That's yeah. Somewhere along there. Yeah. But we did a whole thing, uh, and then I had to marry it this morning. I'm really. I don't know how good my thing was this morning. I may go back and redo it. But we were talking about uh, the transfer portal yesterday, mm, okay. which I feel like we talked too much about the transfer portal. But what are you going to do? It's May. Uh, we're talking about the transfer portal, and as we laid it out there, we were talking about the the biggest impacts. It occurred to all of us, and I did this with Aslan on Wake Up War Chant fame, of course, right? Um, and 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 Ira and Gene and we were talking about the the biggest impact and it was really kind of strange because you go through ten players, and I really realized Ira eight of the ten are like guys that I think we expect to start at least six uh, or seven six, six or seven for sure for will sure. start yeah. and maybe eight yeah. I mean like that's a lot that's a ton so yeah. so the from one, a team that returned a lot. Right. It wasn't like they lost half their team last year. Well, Not that it was a good team, but they returned right. a lot yeah. of players. They were a sub-500 team. But I went and looked at what Brian Kelly did in the transfer portal. And, of course, our own Austin Cox did this as well for Warchant, like in previewing, looking ahead at, uh, at opponents. If you go to Warchant.com, you can see the season previews. But I went and looked. 14 transfers for LSU. And I was thinking, I looked at the list, and they probably, you can guarantee, somewhere around five Maybe more, but five guaranteed that are going to start. You got the kid from Oklahoma State who's a stud. The other kid comes in from Arkansas. So I had to do it for gambling purposes. But mm. a lot of times gambling purposes can kind of lead to how you feel about a matchup just in general. So it, it's a useful exercise. What about Duquesne? How did they do I didn't preview that one. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, so we don't know what they've done one. in the portal? No. You know, this has got to be tough for our guy Phil Steele. Because oh he's oh, he's got to be like a beautiful mind he's got to well, have stuff all in his shack like uh, oh just man. crazy FBI newspaper clippings yeah. everywhere but he does all those interviews in the spring he talks yeah. to Brutal. every Division one head coach and so much of what he does is those returning starters yeah. returning, and now like man you have got guys transferring in April and May that I don't know I mean that's a, that that's I mean I've, that's got to affect his business a little bit well if you go it used to be the Bible if you want to go all the way back and by the way he's already interviewed Mike Norvell right. You know, and he tweeted it out and everything else. Um, but if you want to go back, you think about the last time. Well, okay, so what? Twenty nineteen is LSU's national championship, right? So, twenty nineteen. Yep. Yeah. So, Joe Burrow arrived there in like June. That's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. He yeah. got there in June. He's not on the cover but of June Athlon. of the previous year, yeah. June of eighteen. But, 
Well, they didn't. They weren't certain that he was going to be the starter. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The previous year, yeah, obviously, because his first year there is whatever. Yeah. But still, that's crazy when he arrived. You think about how late that was. Like, I guess I just if you expand that out and say the guy who went on to become and have the greatest single season in college football history and then become the quarterback of the Cincinnati, he didn't arrive until June. Well, we're right. in middle of May and nobody knows where Jordan Addison's going to show up. Right. The Litnikoff Award winner. Yeah, that's right. So he's still not anywhere. No. Man. So these it is a really tough task. Like I was sitting there trying to think like how can I give an honest Maybe assessment? Maybe he's hanging out with Destin Hill. <laughs> it's too early in the we show. Know he's oh, sorry. We know he's real. We know he's real. Again, I was asked to do this preview in regards to gambling. The line from Caesars is LSU minus 4. And then I thought, okay, well, let's tackle the line and see where the value is. Do you think this number is going to decrease? Is it going to get smaller as we get closer to kickoff? Is this going to be three, two, one and a half? Or do you think it's going to be more, five or six or seven points? Well, I think it's going to be less. I think it'll be fewer than four. I think it'll move down to three and a half, make it as low as three. So if you're an FSU, if you're siding with FSU, take the four now because it's not going to go up to five. I think it's going to come back. Take okay. your four points right. and run with it. It's kind of the, the piece that I did. And if you're an LSU backer, you think they're going to kill FSU, uh, you might want to wait because you can actually right. get this thing to go down to three, maybe three and a half. Yeah, so, so anyhow, that's all you can do when you're betting You know these, these lines that are months away from taking place and we've still got fall practice and everything else. Plus, there will be more. My point is there are more players coming, probably to both programs. Well, let me ask you this, though. And, Corey, since you weren't part of our conversation yesterday, okay, and we didn't really touch on this necessarily this way, but so of the 10 guys they brought in, and if, say, there's six or seven FSU brought in, six or seven or eight end up starting, are those guys just better than what they had, or do you feel like those guys are closer to what Florida State needs to have? Uh, I I think the former. I think they're just better than what they have. I, I don't know. When you need to have, like, if you're trying to get back to what Florida State is, I don't know that, um, you know, maybe a couple of these guys are, like, dynasty caliber, maybe turn into dynasty caliber players, maybe. Um, and I'm talking about, like, they're not all, they weren't all All-Americans in the dynasty. They were, a lot of them were solid college football players. Um, like Bethune. Bethune, somebody yeah. like that. He but he's a probably, perfect example yeah. of... He's better than what you've had. Well, a lot better. But he's not Derek Brooks. was not playing in, on the 99 team. Or, <laughs> right. you know, he's not Marvin Jones. He might not start he, on the 99 you're gonna, team. You're going to go on that I'm going to tell you right now he's not Marvin he Jones. He might be better sure. than Marvin Jones Jr. <laughs> Matthew, write down this date and time. Yeah. Because yeah, we're going to come back we'll to We'll see. Hey, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. You know and, uh, not that's going to be on a shirt when Bethune has 168 <laughs> tackles this yeah. year. Well, he might. He's Buckus. a volume guy. Yeah. He's got great instincts. He is a huge upgrade. When we were having to choose yesterday the guys we think – that are going to have the biggest impact and are going to – Tatum Bethune was a good answer. And in that who you said, Ira? Yeah. I, think, I think – I mean, that's a guy I would have gone with. I also, you know, I said, look, I, I, I got to go in a different direction since some of the names that I would have chosen have already been picked. But oddly enough, I kind of said, bless, Har- bless Harris, I think, starts for this offensive line. Yeah. And on a snap-in, snap-down you know, snap basis, he's, he's going to be playing. I mean, so out of the 10, the only one that I – what first off, do we know anything about Winston Wright? Uh, we don't know for sure. It sounds things have been more promising. I was going to say the he tweet just, he had made it look yeah, like he was going to be playing this he, year. He tweeted the other day that this is his money year, which yeah. makes makes you think that he's talking about football. But yeah, and he so, could uh, just be talking about nil yeah, opportunities. Originally, we were hearing it might not happen this season. Now there's been more talk that he might be back. So if he's back uh, and can play at all, uh, give the only person you think out of the ten. That probably isn't going to Span play much. Is Span, yeah, and he he's a developmental guy. Like Vance will 
be in the rotations at some point. I, I shouldn't think, say Span won't play. Well, and, I mean, they can design a, a you know a nine or right, something. but he's not going to be part of their two or three. Correct, deep. correct. Um, everybody else will. Even if Caden Lyles doesn't win the starting center spot, he'll be in the Man, rotation I, I feel like, somewhere. I, I don't know why I'm this way. I I mean I'm I say it all the time, but I, Caden Lyles better play. I I, I really yeah, you need well. you need to get him better. I like mean, if you don't if you don't yeah. think he was good enough in the spring. He didn't hardly play in the spring. You got to get him a chance to get better because you need you can't have this same kid at 278 pounds playing playing in the middle of your offensive line. Either put a lot of weight on Maurice Smith or figure out how to make Caden Lyles your starter if you're if you're worried about it all. But the point being, out of the ten transfers they're bringing, you're probably going to have eight or nine that play significantly. That's that's it's good. crazy. It's crazy to think about that, though. It, it it's both good it's and a bad. Good hit percentage. And it's they, a great and, hit percentage. Yeah, and they even at the low end, they're going to bring in a couple more guys. And you'd like to think those guys could be guys that could contribute as well. Certainly, from a depth standpoint, yeah, I would think so. I mean, you got the corner that we keep talking about from ULM, and then of course the the kid at Charlotte, the offensive tackle slash guard. I, I think he's a depth piece from what I can tell. But I mean, you need depth, so and well, especially that position. If you go back, like, because and again, I'm it's. It's hard to talk about this offensive line because, on the one hand, no, it's not where it needs to be. On the other hand, it has gotten a lot better, but it, there's still a lack of quality depth. And so yeah. you look at it, you look at certain situations and you say, well, if you lose a guy at that spot or that spot or really any spot other than center, it could get dicey pretty quickly. It falls off a cliff. I'm just going to say it. I think they're in deep trouble if they suffer one or two injuries on the offensive line. I don't think they have quality depth at all. I was most disappointed. There were things I was encouraged by during the spring that I thought, okay, they're a lot better here. This is going to be good. But, man, part of rebuilding this roster and getting it to where it needs to be is finding quality depth and really raising the floor. I feel like your starters, if we just look at the starting 22, you're like, okay, you can be pretty competitive in the ACC. You you, you know, you could be an eight-win type team if everybody stays healthy, but it's football. Nobody stays healthy throughout the season. Somebody gets hurt. And at each position group, when you play this game of if this guy goes down, you get nervous pretty quick. No more so than offensive line. Yeah. When you say this about the offensive line, if this guy's out, what do you have to replace him with? And then what does that do to the depth when you replace him? You, you're pretty scared pretty quickly. I think the quality drops off Well, it's, we, we, need, we do need to wait a little bit until August because, again, I, I think I brought this up a few months ago when we were going through spring practice. We're only, we were only three months removed from the season ending. So it's not like you would expect one of these freshmen that haven't played much to all of a sudden look great after three months of an offseason. Let's see now what they look like with a five month five months in between the spring. And now I'm not expecting any of them to be Walter Jones, but there is a chance they could improve. I mean, that happens a lot no, with freshmen I- and with young guys. They can get bigger, stronger, and better, and they have five months now of pure offseason conditioning, working out, hopefully eating a bunch of cheeseburgers, whatever they have to do to get bigger. And uh, and maybe we'll see what that looks like. But yeah, I, the spring wasn't all that impressive with yeah, the backups. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think the young guys, there's a lot of potential there. So I think, especially the freshmen they brought in, Daughtry Richardson, Kaniya Charlton. I mean, those guys look like they're going to be good offensive linemen. Armella's coming in, Kayshawn Sapp's coming in, uh, Jalen Early. I mean, they. I like their young offensive linemen. I just don't know if any of them can help them in 2022. So then the question becomes, you know, again, that's where those transfers. You talk about it being probably too unfair to judge those freshmen in the spring. It might have been too unfair to judge those transfers in the spring because they had just gotten here and they're learning learning a new offense with new schemes. I think what Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell are doing with their offensive linemen are a little bit different than just traditional man blocking. Um, so, so there's a lot of mental stuff going on. So that's going to be 
I'll feel a lot better if we get into preseason practice and you go, okay, Kane Lyles and Bless Harris are guys that can really help you this year. If we know that, oh yeah, then and I know I think Norvell and the staff believe they will be able to. But if we see that, I think that's going to change our outlooks about the whole offensive line. In particular, Caden Lyles. I, I, I think he's a difference maker, just body type-wise. You look at them. They were on roller skates at center last year. Uh, if if that kid yeah. can be your center. Well, the difference is, Maurice, not many it's people 50, were. It's 50 pounds is the difference. Well, sure, but I'm saying, like, with Maurice Smith, nobody was beating him just with quickness because he's quicker than they are. They were just pushing him they into the quarterback. Pushing him into the backfield. Well, they're not going to be able to push Caden Lyles into the quarterback, but they can beat him with quickness. So you, you've got to figure out which one is uh, more appealing. Or less appealing, I guess, uh, because our Kane Lyles gets better. You never want to be small. You never want to yeah, be small I in agree. that situation. We're I talking agree. about the trenches. You yeah. never want to be small there. Well, and the so. biggest problem for Maurice is as the season goes on, it's just he wears yeah. down. You could see it. it he has worn down, at least. Yeah. You say that. Um, he could just be an opener like but, they do in baseball now. He can give you about eight snaps <laughs> to start the game. He can give you the, the first quarter. Yeah, he yeah. give you the first quarter and yeah. then get on with He's it. He's on in it. But Darius Washington could end up being the most valuable guy because of the fact that he can swing between all these positions. And so – he, you know, he could. He's been a starter at tackle for yeah, two years. Yeah. So he can definitely play there, but he also can play guard and he also can play center. There are some people who think center is where he end up should end up being. Um, so that he his ability to move around is going to be. It's not. He doesn't give you two or three people, but he kind of fills those roles. Oh, I agree. I, I, one thing, real quick, before we break, I think this is a fun conversation for a lot of reasons. I feel like this offensive line, however it turns out, you know, whoever it is that makes up the five. It's kind of a stopgap measure. I'm not saying some of those guys won't carry over into the following season, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. But to your point that the quality of players they're bringing in seems to be an uptick from where they've been in the past, I agree with that. But we have got to get past this starting freshman, redshirt freshman, even sophomores on the offensive line. you gotta get, you got to get past it. We've been doing it for years. You cannot win like that. And also it stunts their growth. It ruins their confidence. Yeah. Usually they get hurt. Uh, you just can't have that. And so these guys that come in, well, I always refer to it as the clay you're using to make the model, right, or whatever it might be. You may have better clay to work with now than you've had in the past because you've recruited better finally. But, man, you don't want to have to throw them out there just because they're a quality talent that's better than what you have. You want them to, to, to be strong and to get more confident and to be better and bigger than they are when they arrive. And they, many of these guys have not been given the chance. They just had to be out there because you were dead meat, you didn't have anything, and that guy was more talented. He could bend. His feet were faster. Let's get him out there. But they just take beatings. You could take, you could make a case that Darius and Maurice and Robert Scott and those guys – might be further along in their careers physically right now if they hadn't been forced into playing yeah. when they were that yeah. early. Because oh, they, well, they, they all had injuries. Yeah, yeah. no question. All right, some of the headlines. 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV continues in a moment. Ho, 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 horizons. It took, Bar and grill. It took all the strength I had not to interrupt you, turn <laughs> off your mic, and go home. Do you like how I closed my eyes when I sang? Too? Oh, <laughs> believe me, that was the best part. I didn't look at it, thankfully. It was unbelievable. He looked like... like Al Jarreau or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Luther Vandross. Well, he was making reference. sure it was there. I want to apologize to Horizon Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, their delicious food uh, should not be overlooked by Corey's singing. Man, that's a great you jingle from game. the restaurant itself. Uh, but Horizons Bar and Grill is where, Ira? Bannerman Crossing. You're damn right, right it is. Tallahassee, mm. off Thomasville Road and Bannerman Road. 
It's uh man, it's just it's incredible food, incredible people, incredible beers. It's where we are a lot. We're, hey, before a, the end of the group. week, fellas, uh, any week, like you could be listening to this six weeks from yeah. now. Let's let's all get together at Horizons Bar and Grill. We're there a lot. We really are. So if you want to see this in person, this trio, <laughs> never in mind person, the food. You get to see the three of us. But yeah, the food and the the drinks, the the patio, it's all good, man. It's all working. If it's you, all working. At and Horizons. if you sing the theme song, they'll give you some free food. I think. I think you get the bill is paid for if you sing the song, but with, you have to sing it like I do. With, tell them Corey's thing with a bar tab. Yes, it's amazing. It's, it, it it's incredible. It's incredible. They're yes. so kind. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Seminal Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV continuing now. Uh, pretty easy. It's like we never left the old format, guys. I like it. I like it. We were on different sides at the old station, though. I was on the right. I think. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. You are also yeah. in much closer proximity, so sickness was able to. Mm, yeah, back we just and gave it back to guys. each other. Yeah, that was a was a more innocent time mm. where we didn't worry about all the germs. Plus, mm, right. Plus, we weren't live. Ah, that's so, true. So this, yeah, that's things true. could get a little crazy. We had the beep button. Yeah, a lot oh, of active beep we, button. We had to utilize it. That last year, there was a lot of <laughs> yeah, beeping. Was, yeah. Well, I think it, it represented the growing frustration we felt in covering the program in the status that it was at. We should have had one show where it was just a two-hour beep. I feel that way watching the game sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah I'm a, sure. It's just a two- and three-hour me yelling F-bombs at the top of my lungs. Like, really? Again, guys? I went back and thought about last season when I was doing this, like, previously mentioned exercise about where I think the team's going to be. I know we've mentioned this before. It really was the tale of two seasons, man. That was a weird team. I, I don't know how – I mean, obviously we all looked at what last year's schedule was and we thought they better eat early because they're going to get killed late, and mm. then it turned out to be the opposite, and we've documented that. But they also played so differently. They, I mean, defensively especially. They went from a sieve, this is not going to work, it's an unmitigated disaster – um, you know, I like the guy, but we're going to have to move on. Like we were yeah. all in that mindset is what we were saying. And then by the second half of the season or late in the second half of the season, we're kind of like, they seem to figure some stuff out here defensively. I'm more concerned about what we're doing offensively. It, it really did shift. It's nuts. I mean, the one constant in terms of what they are able to do offensively, even with what I consider to be a minus offensive line, they do create angles. Atkins does a very good job. They create a running game out of a whole lot of nothing. They are going to be able to run the ball. So if they get some consistency throwing the football and they're able to protect it all, Jordan takes that step, they could be fun to watch play. It could be a very different-looking team out the gate. Well, and they create a running game, too, because of the quarterback. Well, that's correct. Yeah, that, that helps a lot. That that covers up a lot of warts, too, when, when you have to account for him. But, yeah, um, it, it the, that defense, the second half of the season, you just go by game by game, like um, – you know, they, they held Miami in check for like two and a half quarters. They intercepted that kid a couple times. They intercepted the Florida they kid set three the tone times. In the, in, in the Miami game. The they Boston really College game, they really kind of got screwed by some stuff. <laughs> the and and yeah. yeah, Jamie Robinson getting kicked out in the first quarter is a nonsense. And, um, but, but I think there's a feeling from a lot of people, at least I think it's, and it's fair to ask, you know, how much of that was Jermaine? You know, how much of that was certainly the Miami game. The pass rush affected that kid. No, oh, absolutely, and yeah. and so if you you have to find a way to get that kind of pass rush, uh, I don't know that you know Jared Verse is going to be a really nice player. He's not going to give you what Jermaine gave you, uh, and then we don't know. Certainly if Briggs, not this year. Like that's a lot to ask for going from Albany to. I think Briggs this. is going to be comparable to Keir Thomas. I don't think that's going to be a drop off there. Uh, Keir's a real smart guy, really football smart. Made a lot of nice plays. I mean, we talked to John Papuchas, 
the defensive ends coach, and said that Kier would do some things during the games that they hadn't really even gone over. Yeah, just because. But he earned savvy. the right to do it. Yeah, because yeah. he. Yeah. I mean, he was just he played so much football. Yeah. Uh, at a high level, but um, but overall, defensively, they still could be close to as good or better, just because I do think that the improvement you saw in the second half of the season. But then also Tatum Bethune, I think it's a huge deal. I think and then, it's a huge upgrade. I mean, and I think he changes what Kalen Deloach is. I mean, I think Correct. just being next to a guy like that that is that smart, communicates that well, I think elevates the the entire middle of that defense. Besides Duke Cooper, would you say that what Kalen Deloach became was the most pleasant surprise of last year? Because I think going into the season, uh, not only was I so negative on the linebacking core as a whole, I thought it, it was disastrous. I, yeah. I, I came into the season thinking they're, they're going to get exposed every week, and they kind of did early on. But he really emerged by season's end as a very good linebacker. He cool. actually played against the pass pretty well, and he handled the run for his size very well. He's bigger now. Uh, he doesn't have to be the guy now, right? So you're, you, I, that group improved a lot. He improved immensely. Well, the year before, he started the first game against Georgia Tech, and then he went on a milk carton. Like, he never played yeah. really the rest of the season. Do they still Ooh, do that? Milk I don't buy I don't milk so. anymore, but do they still so. have missing kids on well, milk cartons? Well, first of all, it's rare to see the carton anymore, right? Right. You see that, you know, you know. And so we just don't care about missing kids anymore. Well, well we, we got the, about, we have the we, internet. The we internet fire. works better. Okay. <laughs> as opposed to me just opening up the fridge, going, "Oh, Johnny's missing from Mississippi." <laughs> yeah. No, this what a is weird, much what a weird yeah. thing that was too. And like, <laughs> how are we spread the word yeah. about these missing kids? I just go online now. Just it also like, how do you decide this kid gets these milk cartons? And because there's missing, there's. Thousands yeah. of missing kids. Sadly, there is. No, back then there just were. There's like there's two this missing of kids. Johnny from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So how do you determine which kid gets to get on the milk carton? Is it a was it a time he'd been missing? Was how it long the, he'd been? How missing? long he'd been missing? How there, old he was? Probably the nefarious circumstances by which he went missing. Probably from privilege. Do you? Th- I, mean, pro- I would guess. <laughs> and do you think anybody ever got found from a milk carton? I hope. My guess is yes. Somebody. somebody, somebody, somewhere a got found off a milk did. carton. Yeah. For the for the younger listeners that don't know, that never saw it, <laughs> when we were growing up, even after we had grown up, the milk, the back of a milk carton where you're pouring for your cereal would have the missing kid on the back of it. Yeah, with his with his date of birth, a picture of him, what he looked like, and when he went missing. Was that not born from Adam, the kid that went missing, which created Adam the Walsh? T- Adam I don't Walsh. know. I, I think it was so early eighties then. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. we're not letting the reference go. Well, and, I'm, no. and I'm going with it right now with Kalen Deloach yeah. and going to the point that that spring, last spring, when he kind of came out of nowhere and was having a great, great spring, you were like, I didn't even know he was still on the football team. I didn't. I had forgotten he was on the team. And then but. he turned out to be a starter later on and a good one. Yeah. Yes. And he got better and better. And, and by I, the end of last year, I was excited about his play. And I think he, again, and they've got other linebackers that they like, but I think him when you see him and Bethune out there together, the way they communicate, it looks like it's supposed to look. Yeah, linebacker. Yeah, it looks who, like the linebacker play. It's well, and then Jamie Robinson communicates, right. and there's a confidence that's passed on through all these guys getting them lined up where they need to be. Tatum Bethune's played a ton of football and been very productive. He'll talk. Jamie talks. Deloach is comfortable. All these guys now do a better job of communicating. By the way, we have an answer on this, and I'm not surprised that Life Spectator knew the answer. Local kids who were missing were put on milk cartons from local dairies. Oh, okay. So, so, so we not, wouldn't get the ones no, from Mississippi. No. This was before like the conglomerates bought all the local well, that's dairies. Right, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And so, so you could do so it regionally. If Steve or little Steve was missing in Wichita, we didn't see that in St. Petersburg. Just the fine wonder, folks of yeah. Wichita. I wonder if registers could start doing it. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, know if that's the kind know. of you don't want to yeah. be dealing want to with missing ben kids. Wants, ben wants to do good things. Well, I know, but deeds. I don't know that you want uh, missing kids on your product. 
It was a weird. It was a weird decision that we made back then as a country. Uh, at that time. I think we held up the local dairies, uh, uh, you know, pretty high. We, right. we thought, well, look at that. That's honorable. I don't know that we would want to do that now. There's so many better and more efficient ways to get the word. It's just out. Uh, I'm it's I'm so random. To, I'm that it, talk to Ben about it. It's so random that it was a milk carton. <laughs> Why not anything else, like a uh, toilet paper? Back then, man, everybody got milk. That's the way it was. It was nobody was. Lactose intolerant, and if they were, they didn't know it. You weren't allowed right. to be lactose yeah. intolerant. Yeah, not in our day. Be not a man. Yeah, be a man. Just go, go to the bathroom when you're done. Yeah, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that works. So, uh, yeah, now everybody's like, oh, I don't know about the milk. Yeah, you're right. You're right. My kid drinks almond milk. Yeah. What is that? I, 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 didn't know, I, I didn't even know there was almond milk. I, I haven't drank milk in years and years. They should and put years. lactose intolerant kids on the milk carton now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Think about Make this. Make fun kid. of these kids when you see <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, he can't drink what you're drinking. Actually, let's go back to Jared Verse for a second. I think I'm at odds with you two. I think that he is going to be a very good football player. I don't know how productive he's going to be for this team this year. I have my doubts. I'm a little concerned. That's because you're a fool. No. Yeah. Yeah. A <laughs> See, blind, a blind what, fool. This is what that uh, class does for us. between me and I right now. I'm about right next to him. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I like him. And I liked him more as spring went on because he got more and more comfortable, and he's an athletic freak. There's no getting around that. He's going to make some plays, just sheer athleticism. Which is good. But I'd good run, to have that. I would run right at his ass. If I was an opposing offense, I'd run right at him because you couldn't do that to Jermaine. Now, speaking of grown-ass men, Jermaine could hold up against the run without any problem, and he could rush the passer. I think we get hurt with verse there in the run game. Hey, man, year. Brian Kelly might be listening to some of well, the I'm just saying, he's got film. He you can might, look. I'm just saying. <laughs> We don't need you putting run, it out there. I'm running right at him uh, as often as possible, trying to wear him down. Yeah, I mean that that would be the idea. I think well, we'll, you're not we'll, going to want to run at Coop or right, maybe in love right, right. or probably Briggs. Yeah. No, on the I'm side. running at verse, and I just don't know that he's big enough yet to stand up to that. I mean, he's a, he's obviously a great athlete, and he's going to be a good football player. He may be good this year. Uh, I just think it's a significant drop and off. That's a, how much. First of all, that's not a knock on him. Right. It's a testament to how good. Jermaine well, he was the first round pick. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, it's and, hard and to replace Jared that. Burst again has not played anything close to this level no, of football. No, but in the spring, he was the guy that flashed the most on the defensive line. It wasn't just man, look how big he is when he walks yeah. onto the spring. He made plays. He made flash plays. There were times where he guys completely whiffed on him, and he's a jerk. In a good way, like yeah, oh yeah, he his, talks smack. Uh, yeah. yeah, his offensive teammates might not like him a lot, but he is he 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 brings that energy and that juice that that I don't know who else does it. Well, Jamie Robinson, I guess, does. Let's see, let's see how sound he is. Uh, he he made some plays that were really athletic that were outside the context of what they wanted to well, do. Well, yeah, but of, but of course, like that's that, it's a growing up process, right? He, he was not I'm coming quite, in as all a I'm saying. finished product. Right. No, I he's going to get better. I I alluded to that. I just wonder early on, especially let's say when you go against LSU, while they're trying to figure out what they are, they're going to rely on a couple of those very talented backs. Now, I know they lost two of them, one to the NFL and one to the transfer portal, but the other two are very talented. If I'm not sure what I have at quarterback, and Brian Kelly's probably not real sure right now, he said so after the spring. His quote was, I don't think that got we, – we didn't paint a clearer picture of what we have at quarterback yet. So I think they're going to come in and try to run the football and be very physical. I would guess their offensive line is still, from what I can tell, pretty good. It's not terrible. Bring so, it on, Brian. I'm ready for that. Not fair. Not, Bring not, it even, on. not even worried. Bring it so, on. Hey, listen, so the more we talk this through, the more I do think it's a pretty low-scoring game, by the way. Okay, are you giving us like your over/under pick now here in May? No, I'm thinking about it though. Okay, I mean, All I right. may I may throw it on you before the end of this show. Wow, wow. <laughs> I may throw it on you here. I'll give okay. you both the total and 
the okay. number. Yeah, no, I, I think it's I, well, we're gonna way, we're gonna want to run the football. I think the way you can look at verse though is like, what did Jermaine Johnson do his first year out of JUCO? And Jermaine Johnson ended up being an awesome college football player. But his first year, he was learning the game. And verse, I think, uh, I mean, verse is such an athletic freak, man. It's it's really remarkable. But you, you know, he if you if you extrapolated Jermaine Johnson's first year at Georgia to like a full season of starting, he probably finishes like seven and a half sacks, fifty tackles. He would have had a nice year. That's what you could maybe get from Jared Versus first year. Yeah, I mean, the, he's gonna he's the, gonna struggle some because it's a transition it's, from Albany from Albany to Florida State is the same as a JUCO to Georgia, like the transition of competition and who you're who you're playing yeah. with and against. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just there's just two ends of the spectrum. There's some people who are hoping he's going to be the next Jermaine, not thinking about the fact that Jermaine was a finished product basically when he came yeah. to Florida State was a fifth year guy who had played two years in the SEC was on one of the best defenses in college football history and was a key player on there. Might have been. Might have been as good as anybody on that defensive line, and then you go to, you know, Florida State, and he's such a dominant player. Jared Verse is not coming from that same background. He may be equal athletically and physically with raw material, but he just doesn't. He doesn't have all that experience. No, and that's the you guys yeah. are making my yeah. point. Yeah. Not, yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 when people hear you say what you're saying. There's going to be a perception. Yeah, you give them saying, they, think in, that, they might think. Is he saying he's going to be Kushney? God no! Right? No. Uh, the second I saw Sweet me, I was, Jesus, I was no. offended. Right. I was like, "What? What the hell is um, this?" No, he's got real potential, but yeah, he that's a tough that's a tough task to uh, take over for Jermaine Johnson the next year. Eric says, "Go Knowles, beat the Gators for baseball tonight," and he contributed to do it. And we there you go, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Good job, Thank buddy. So we haven't touched on that just yet, but that was a nice series win for Florida State over Miami. It was, and you they know, were dumb for pitching Pesic. Uh, Pesic. Uh, that's Parker, Parker Messick. Messick? They, should, they should have pitched him in the second game. I wouldn't matter though if they're only going to score two runs in the first game anyway. Yeah, but here, leave it to you they to hyper focus on the one game they lost as opposed to the right. two they hey, won. Hey, that's do how you, I do. do you, yeah, yeah. Just do you so, know him. I'm still so upset you, about uh, so game know. five in the World Series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still so, upset we lost that game. So, so they they won the series right. over Miami, and they picked up valuable RPI points mm, there. Sure, whatever. Uh, Meat owns Miami. He by does. Right now. And the one yeah. game, and one of the games that they he thinks they should have used Mexican, they, they won, won anyway. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But don't yeah, let no, that stop. It yeah. doesn't really matter. Nope. Get I got my opinions. I got my opinions. Yeah, my hot take for the day. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but I, again, here you go, Ross Dunn. This is the guy we thought you were supposed to be. That was the most encouraging yeah. thing to me. Was that guy's stuff is really good. I fell in love with it early in the year when he was the three starter. Yeah, but he couldn't control it. But when you see it, you go, that translates. That's something that if he can get it together between the ears and he grows in confidence and certainly pitching five and a third and only giving up a run and getting out of some dicey situations against a very good Miami team, I would think would aid the development of confidence. If you get that, they become a really uh, problematic team to face. Like Florida State's flawed. But if you're going to be flawed, be flawed where they're flawed. They screw up running the bases sometimes. Don't always pick it up. Strike out way too much. But, hey, man. If I'm great at something, I'd rather be great at making you swing and miss. And they do a ton of that. And if I got three guys that do that, you've got a problem. I can win a lot of series that way. Yeah, it's just that kid some kids just don't start games well. They just not they're not whatever the Dude, reason is, if they have to sleep on it, they know they're starting for thirty six hours be. and instead you're just thrown into the mix and you don't have time to think about it. And he dominated. Corey broke out. I was listening to a little wake up war chant. Corey mm. broke out two names I have not thought about in, in years? ten years. 
That's usually what you do. John, well, yeah, because yeah, I'm old. <laughs> yeah. John Gast and Jeff Parker. Oh, little John Gast. Remember that? Well, how, how, man, how, he had how great were, stuff. How were they even on your mind? Like, because I, I just remember how awful they were as starting pitchers. But that year they got to Omaha because of those two dudes in the bullpen. Yeah, they were ridiculous. Him. They were awesome yeah. in the bullpen. And then John Gast hurt himself in that game that McGee gave up the game-winning home run. He hurt it. He, like, on a ball that still hasn't landed. Yeah, right. But uh, John, the only reason McGee was pitching in that moment was because John Gass had, had uh, done something to his elbow in that game. John Gass' stuff was ferocious. Right, but he he, and as stuff. a starter, he just couldn't put it together. But as a reliever, just going in the fourth inning with a two, in two one game, Forget he was lights it. out. Yeah. And wasn't Jeff Parker's career like not very good until yeah that until year? they moved yeah. him to the pin yeah. and uh, so yeah man I think Ross Dunn might be one of those guys I think and hope Carson Montgomery might be one of those guys. It appears but that way. Yeah. You got to have somebody start start a game. Game three. Just grab Slappy and let him pitch one inning, any of the Slappies. Let him pitch one inning, see if he can get out of it without giving up a run. <laughs> Try the second. Yeah, and then yeah, go now, back out we, there for the now second. we roll out there with our next guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If somebody doesn't have to start. They got great stuff. Hang in there. We'll get through this inning. You're going to survive. But if, you're, if you've got a lead or if you're in a game – in middle innings, I'm going with Crowell. I mean, that I love that kid. I just like the way he's he been competes. awesome for mm-hmm. two and a half months. He's been awesome. Yeah, and he's got good stuff. Yeah. I mean, oh, he's got great just, stuff. We're buoyed as we go into tonight's game. It's a road game. You could lose it, whatever, midweek. But I'm just saying, I I'm excited. I'd pitch. About- I'd pitch Montgomery and Dunn in relief at least an inning in this game because I want to see if they can pitch with uh what a day off. They both pitched on Sunday, right? Yeah. You're going to maybe want those guys in your bullpen to pitch twice in a regional or twice in a super regional or twice in Omaha. See if they can do it back-to-back games. Yeah, you can. That's done, one. done through five, though, I think. Five and no, a third. just an inning. Just an inning. I, mean, I want to see if he can come back, unless they're going to move him to be the, the Sunday starter against North Carolina. Which I they would, might. I mean, I'd start Scalaro and just say, hey, man, get, give me two or three innings, give up a run or two, and then we'll bring in our horses I want after you that. to throw 14 straight sliders to the back foot. Right, and we'll just cross they might, our fingers and yeah, they'll, they'll keep swinging they'll at swing it. At it. They'll yeah. continue and swinging. that your catcher might block it. <laughs> <laughs> Seminole headlines, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV continues in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners, it's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you, but we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system, we're offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. 
Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeats.com. That's registermeats.com. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. We'll get to headliner questions momentarily. I just noticed, Corey, during the break that you led with, for Facebook, Corey's back. Right. Yeah. Well, of course I did. I mean, are you doing the Facebook prompts? No. I just went to Facebook to get out in front of the questions, maybe take peruse them during the break, right. try to get ahead, because I know how you like to hold my feet to the fire right. about of that, Of course. Corey. Well, that's what makes you great. And so I was like, well, let me read some here and see what we got. And then I just see the opener, Corey's back, exclamation point. I was like, okay, well, that's the lead. He knows what the big story that's is. The, that's a huge story. That's, that's the a lead. huge story. Look at this. We're all in the studio together, gang. Shout that's- out to Tom Lang. For the first time in Seminole Headlines history, we had a, stand- a fill-in uh, the last couple back weeks. Back-to-back weeks. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, Did you enjoy Amelia Island? I thought you were going to ask me if I enjoyed the show without me with Tom Lang on it. Because uh, he did a good job. He did a great job. At some point, I think Gene's going to figure out a way to clone Tom Lang and just have him in all three, all of our three spots. spots. Yeah, yeah. And then one salary. So get rid of all of us. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have to worry about it. Uh, did you enjoy Amelia Island? I did. I did. It was different from uh, the last few years. Why? Um, because a real s- commissioner. <sighs> Come on, man. Come Sorry. On. Come on. Said something. Uh, might be fair. Might yeah. be fair. Uh-huh. Um, but. A real commissioner with bigger issues, probably. I mean, I think the thing for a As long time... handed off to him by... Yes, John Swafford. Uh, for yeah. years, the the question... We would go to those meetings. One of the big questions was always like, are you ever going to get a TV deal? Because the SEC has their TV a deal. A massive one. And, and at the time, <laughs> it's funny, Andrew Carter, who's with one of the yeah. North Carolina papers, used to cover FSU, we were talking. When we first started covering those meetings 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, the big concern was the, the revenue gap. That was like three million a year, yeah, or yeah. four million yeah. a year. And at the time, it was like, well, you know, SEC doesn't pay for some of the travel things that the ACC. But like, there was, there was the ACC would come up with these little nickel and dime reasons why it wasn't that big of a deal, also known as BS. And at some point, we're going to have a network too. And at mm. that point, yep. we're going to shrink that oh, revenue. Where do you see it then? It's going to be yeah, uh, just is evaporated. And- Andrew's still a snappy dresser. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got the beard, cares though. deeply, yeah. But yeah. We, had a good, we, I got you. we had a good time. But he he, uh, he and Aslan, I think. Similar. They have similar fashion taste, right, I right. think. Yeah. Uh, but he, but as we we're talking about it, we're like, yeah, now we're talking about $40 million a year. Yeah, well, now we're talking about something that's completely <laughs> untenable. Yeah. 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 It's just insane. So from that standpoint, like, it's it was, there's a lot more to talk about. And then on top of that, there's tampering and the NIL and all that stuff. But- it's like everything you talk about is just dwarfed by that presence of that revenue gap and what it's going to become in four, five, six years. And it's like you almost want to say, like, why are we even doing this? It's, I mean, from is it yeah. from a conference standpoint? Yeah, it's an omnipresent fear, right? It's this, it's foreboding. But I would say this: I thought that between what we've read out of the Big Ten because they had their meetings, what we read from the ACC, I do think it's it's interesting that they're not beating around the bush here, you, you've got two different commissioners talking about telling the NCAA to go pound sand. Right. Like, basically, they come out and say, yeah, probably don't need you anymore. I mean, they yeah. might as well have just said that. They basically did. Like, well, it's looking like this has gotten too big for you, and you're impotent. So, given that you're useless, we're going to take it from here. And or certainly we're going to lob this out there so that the 
collective football-loving universe can hear it so it doesn't come as a surprise when it happens. Well, and if it wasn't for the NCAA basketball tournament, which brings in a ton of money for— It's the only reason the NCAA exists. For, for all yeah. the schools, that's that's it. And, and and if it wasn't for that, they would not exist. They wouldn't even be having the pleasantries right. about it. <laughs> yeah. But that's one thing that you know Jim Phillips, the commissioner, did say. It's like, well, you know, the NCAA has a purpose. Yeah, they the run basketball a nice, tournament. They run a nice tournament yeah. that brings in a lot of money. I like money. that he said championships— no, man, yeah. it's the NCAA tournament. And really, they kind of lucked into that in a way because they butchered the women's. Right. Here you go. Here's a little cup of water. and uh, <laughs> here's two barbells. Yeah, here's a barbell yeah, if you want to work there. out. Yeah. yeah, but it makes a ton of money. And softball where they don't get any breaks during the tournament. Yeah, you, hey, y'all want to play at midnight? Y'all want to start your game at 1230? Cool. <laughs> We're they, good with but that. They, but they fixed that now, apparently. Yeah, so bottom line is uh, I just think it's interesting that how how quickly this has all happened in a way that has us disillusioned is as quickly as they've responded with, okay, well, we're going to have to get out in front of this because the NCAA is not going to. We've heard a lot of talk about, well, the, the, the enforcement arm of the NCAA. Man, get the hell out of here with that. The enforcement arm of the NCAA doesn't exist. Right, correct. So every time I would hear one of these guys go, well, we're going to have to take a look at the enforcement arm of the NCAA. Well, no, we've been looking at them. They don't do anything. It's a broken arm. Well, now, armless. And yeah. now basically what they're talking about is is shifting it to the conferences. Yeah. And the conferences may have to come up with their own enforcement staff. They're going to have to have an agreed upon. Well, I mean, because yeah, oh, right. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. what am I going to do? Well, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it, guys. SEC is going to be cracking down. Yeah, on- of course they are. <laughs> now, if it's they're going to be shooting steroids on the sideline, we're not letting really you tamper with Jordan yeah, Addison. Yeah, so stop it. Look, man. I mean, yeah, they're going to have to have a, a unilateral. You know, hey. You well, know, we but agree. they are talking. But one of the things, if they do this, if they do slide football away, mm-hmm. that will open the door for a commissioner of college football. Yes, and, and we've been yeah, begging for one. Yep. Yeah, then you get a commissioner that has the best interest of college football in mind. Then you get a, you know a committee with teeth, as others have brought up, where they can vote on these things, and we decide moving forward. These are the rules. And, We're all abiding by. And this. finally, have somebody who looks for as Corey always complains about looking out for the best interests of the sport. Been a long time, as buddy. opposed to every conference being on their own, every school being on their own. If you have a commissioner and maybe a board that says, "No, we're looking out for the entire sport," that could change the prospects. Just for think it. about if, like Corey, it, if you have a commissioner. First of all, like to your point, I would just say really quickly: Texas and Oklahoma doesn't happen. Of course not. It doesn't happen. Many of the things that have happened in the last few years, and don't you wouldn't happen. have you wouldn't have a. Literally 700 million gap between the SEC and the ACC in TV revenue in 2026, which is on the table now. 700 million dollars, so 2.1 billion dollars difference in three years. If you, it'd be, it's like the, it's like the NFL having a commissioner of the NFC South. The NFC, like every division has its own commissioner, and they come up with their own rules. It's dumb. No, you have one, and I know people hate Goodell. They, everybody hates every commissioner, but he does try to look out for the equity of the sport. In the equity of the, uh, well, that's the a, league. Yeah, but he doesn't have to worry about antitrust laws. I mean, he, this, but you, you, a, all this stuff is on the table now where you've got the, – the commissioner has to go to ESPN and say, we're done with this. Apparently he did. Apparently he did. He referenced it. His 50-50 partner, ESPN. Right. No, I'm talking oh, about, about the new czar. The new czar has to go to ESPN and say, we are done with giving these schools four times or eight times or 12 times more money than these other schools where they're all competing for the same championship. That has to happen at some point, or this sport is untenable. Yeah, well, if you're trying to have and conduct a national championship, right. that's very important. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things Jim Phillips said was, if we're going to have a national sport right. where we're all playing, there needs to be a level fl- playing field, and ultimately that's probably going to take Congress 
to do something. But he, he, that's a tough one, though, because he kind of talked both sides out of his mouth. He wants conferences to take hold, well, but then he wants Congress. Well, the meantime, Congress ain't in a hurry, and they're not going to do no, it. No, they're not going to, no. at least anytime soon. But but his point was that they're going to need to thread that needle. They're going to need to figure out a way to, to, get there. to get through antitrust, but also have a collective agreement. Well, and this is where people will say, it's all well and good, best intentions, right? But how are you going to do that? Right. And nobody has an answer yeah. for that. Yeah, how are tough. you going to do that? And I don't know how they're going to do that. I think it would start with what we're talking about, getting to a place where they break away from the NCAA. So let's start there. And then secondarily, I, you better find somebody that is an agreed-upon czar that has real power, real authority, yeah. where you have to be able to say to these conferences, uh, the universities that make up this new group, these are the rules. I implement the rules. You've agreed at this. This is the way it's going to work. And we're all adhered, adhering to these new rules. I, we'll see. Well, it's good to hear, again, not just Jim Phillips, but also, you know, Ohio State's athletic director. Yeah. Smith, you know, yeah. they're, the Big Ten is just as powerful as the SEC, bringing in just as much money as the SEC. And they want to see that a move towards that as well. To having, a, I mean, I actually heard an interview with Gene Smith where yeah. he mentioned a commissioner. Uh, you know of college football, so that that gives you promise because the the concern has always been for the, the last ten years is how does it behoove this, them to do right, so? Why would the yeah. SEC or Big Ten ever do anything out of the goodness of their heart? They wouldn't. But if there is a governing body for all of college football that's focused they on would that, force them to, then maybe they would. So that's that. Now, how do you get there? Oof. I don't think anybody knows. No, and and you can hear it in Jim's voice too. By the right. way, not that, he's a smart man and he handles himself, comports himself well when you hear him yeah. handle these questions. But you could tell he's thinking out loud. A way a lot of these guys are. They're like, well, we know what you know, which is that this is untenable. But we're not real sure exactly how to implement changes. But it's that good would to know the there's sport. a will, right? And and, and you have uh, the ACC commissioner and the the AD of the most probably the biggest sport uh, athletic department in the country. A really big deal. Oh, like yeah, yeah. One of the most powerful ads in the country come out within a week of each other saying... I'm kind of we, surprised by it, frankly. We might need to break away from the NCAA. Football might, needs to, might maybe needs to break away from the NCAA. It's good to know that they're on the same page, and I don't think it's a coincidence that this is becoming a talking point and gaining traction, no, so hopefully it becomes a yeah. thing. I mean, Jim Phillips brought it up. Yeah. I mean, he was asked a yeah. tangential question. He was looking forward and, to bringing it up. And, 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 and intentionally brought that up. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's... it's the, so that's a big part of it. Now we got to figure out how to get there. And you got to figure out the, the the sport has to figure out a, a way to get there in a time where schools like Florida State and these other schools that are not getting that money aren't left in the dust. Where and, they can, you know, it has to happen in the next six, seven, eight years. You this can't happen thirteen years from now. And Florida State is tasked with the responsibility of mattering again. So, like, right. if we want to micro this thing real quick as we round out the segment, uh, get better, guys. Yeah. Get, get to eight wins. Start putting your name out there again. Like, you'd like to live in the nice neighborhood again. Well, and that you got to give I, – I think you got to give FSU leadership credit, whether it's Michael Alford, the Board of Trustees, the President McCullough, all of them for realizing that, okay, whenever that reckoning happens, Florida State needs to be in a position where they're desired. Yeah. And so that's why they're making these investments we're seeing right now, where they're bo- – you know, boosted the the support staff and all these other things, facilities to try to become one of, to stay in that conversation. Hour number two, fourth coming headliner questions. Stay tuned.